Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody. It's Joe Trippy. Welcome back to That Trippy Show. Uh, the election is over. Well, not quite. Uh, we still got some counting to do, at least as we're taping this the uh, late Thursday evening. Uh, the news will probably change a few times by the time you hear this. Uh, actually, a- as we're talking, uh, Georgia's about 11,000. Biden's within 11,000 of Trump in Georgia. A little bit around 90,000 votes behind in Pennsylvania. So we'll talk about all that. But Alex, uh, we obviously have a lot to discuss. Where should we start? So let's start with the things we do know. Uh, Obviously, looks like Biden will beat Trump. And he'll do it with more popular votes than anybody in history. Uh, We flipped a few critical states on the presidential level, uh, restored the blue wall. uh, But it sure feels like we lost, given all the hopes we had. How, how are you interpreting all these results? Well, well, first of all, uh, it's more than a few st- states that will be flipped by the time this is all done. I mean, first of all, the, bit, the three big ones, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, I'm pretty sure will solidly be uh, won by, by uh, Biden. And, and look, that's the, so he resurrected the, the blue wall. Uh, he looks to win Nevada and Arizona, and the only one of those two that's maybe a little questionable is Arizona, but I think he'll hold out there too. So he flipped uh, flipped Arizona along with Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. And then we're sitting here on uh, looking at, wait a minute, Georgia, 9,000 votes down. Uh, look, you know, my own call about Georgia is it's going to be it's going to be within 5,000 either way. I mean, it, it, it may be that we lose it by three or 4,000. Biden may win it by three or four thousand, um, but but he may flip that flip Georgia too. Which both, by the way, Arizona and Georgia have not voted for a Democrat since for twenty eight years. Uh, he's going to flip one of them. He may flip both of them, uh, but no Democrat in twenty eight years won either one of them. So look, there's a lot. Uh, the number one job. Uh, that we all wanted to make sure happen was to get rid of Donald Trump. At least he will never go away, but out of the White House. Uh, And we did that. Uh, Look, and I talk a lot about uh, 1980, and I sure as hell wish it had been a 1980 night. Uh, It wasn't. Uh, But first of all, the reason I thought it would be a 1980 night kind of night is because I thought there was going to be a massive turnout uh, among Democrats and people in supporting Biden uh, to to get Trump out. Um, That surely happened. That happened. Record turnout. Uh, Biden got more votes than anybody. What I didn't count on and didn't think was possible, uh, neither did anybody else that I know of, uh, uh, was that Trump's turnout would exceed 
the number of votes Hillary Clinton got in 2016. In other words, I thought Biden would exceed that by a large margin. And I thought, yeah, I thought Trump's vote would increase, but nowhere, you know, maybe get up where Clinton was, exceeded that. Um, so that that turnout boost that he that he generated clearly uh, and that no one saw coming, um, even if you knew every Trump voter was going to come out, you didn't think there were that many of them, not that many of them. And there were. And so I think a lot of people are looking around. Part of the depression and not depression, but is realizing again that 48 percent of the country um, or 48 percent of those who voted uh, wanted four more years of this. Um so that that's disheartening. We I I thought uh, when you saw all those polls showing him at 42, 43 percent, um, that that would be, you know, capped down there. No, it wasn't. Uh, he, he turned out, you know, people in rural America uh, uh, that offset in a lot of places the big boost that happened in cities and suburbia uh, that, that Joe Biden uh, uh, and the, and Democrats created. So, look, I think. All that's, you know, so I think there's a little let, there's obviously a letdown there. And the bigger letdown is like we, job one accomplished getting rid of, of Trump, getting him out of the White House. Job two, I think a lot of people really wanted to make sure, do anything they could. And that's why all that money went into these Senate races to make sure Mitch McConnell wasn't the majority leader in the Senate. Um, and that didn't happen. And it happened, it didn't happen for the same reason that we underestimate or I underestimated uh, where Trump would turn out. If When you turn out that many um, voters in the rural areas uh, that he was able to do, then you're starting to get in places like Iowa, that's going to, that's just going to overrun any increase you get in Des Moines uh, right, in some of these places. And you've said this before, there just aren't the cities to... Yeah, there just aren't enough. And that's why Alabama, uh, where, look... You know, we we thought that like 2017, we would increase dramatically increase the number of Democrats of votes for Democrat in the history of the state. We were sure we were accomplishing that. We also were looking like crazy people for this unseen Trump vote. I mean, we were looking for it. We were actually in our modeling modeling them higher than we were seeing them. And it's still beating them by a point. You wake up, it's a flood, a massive flood that I didn't see coming. Um, and you get creamed uh, when that happens. And uh, and so, look, I, I think there, there's that disappointment. But the bigger thing, I think, still, the win of Joe Biden goes far beyond just Joe Biden being president of the United States. Bill Barr is no longer the attorney general. Pompeo will no longer be the secretary of state. The minions and the sycophants that do the president's bidding instead of fighting for social justice, um, voting rights, uh, they'll take that stuff seriously in, in, uh, in the Justice Department now. And there'll be people in, in all these departments who are not trying to destroy the institutions of the country or to pit you know, the division that the president wants to do. We'll have a president who wants to bring people together. And had we gone through another four years of what's there, uh, uh, I'm not sure that the democracy uh, would have survived it 
Uh, in fact, I'm sure it wouldn't have. Uh, but anyway, so we are in a place now where racial progress can advance. Uh, and these are all significant uh, steps in, in a real victory for the country. Uh, it's not all that we wanted. And, the, you know, the rest of the results, you know, clearly a catastrophe. Um, and so, you know, I think it looked for me personally, uh, it's a strange thing because uh, as bad as last, as bad as Tuesday night was when, uh, when we lost Doug Jones, and it was a heartbreaker. And I can tell you that you work for these guys, you don't fall in love with very many of them. Um, but I, I truly love uh, Doug Jones. And that was a tough one. But I can also say, look, I've been there. You know, I keep talking about 1980. Yeah. Uh, and hope this would be 1980 for Democrats. Uh, but I, uh, that was a far worse. Now, we lost the presidency, the Senate, everything. Everything. Twelve Democratic senators went out. That, you talk about bad nights. That was a bad night. Tuesday was a great night. Uh, and, the, and this long Tuesday that we're living through right now is a great night. Uh, Joe Biden, all the all of you out there who who contributed, volunteered, uh, helped. Uh, look, if all we accomplish is Joe Biden uh, winning the presidency, we accomplished a lot more than that uh, in terms of the other people that he will put in government. So while we were talking, uh, Georgia keeps getting closer. I was going to tell you it got down to 13,000, but the latest dump actually has it down to about 9,500 now. Good. So they're still coming in. That's the important thing, folks. I mean, like Georgia is, you know, a place we haven't won in 28 years. We may miss by 3,000. We may win it for the first time in 28 years. Arizona, again, I don't think we're going to miss there. I think we're going to win it. It'll be the first time in 28 years. I don't sure. People should be, this was a big thing, a big deal. And we resurrected the blue, you know, the blue wall was resurrected. How did that happen? Higher turnout in the cities, higher turn, higher, more votes in the suburbs. Um, and, and yeah, what happened was that would have been a, a, a done deal, quick win, except there was a massive turnout in rural Pennsylvania as well. Uh, but the, the turnout in the cities and the suburbs, um, uh, proved it will, I think, prove enough. The other thing I think that's that that's clearly part of what happened. Uh, what we saw last night is, you know, the the, the two Americas, right? The the that that the Trump actually accelerated the divide between that was already there between uh, rural and urban America. He he did everything he could to divide, divide, divide to make. Both the both sides despise each other uh, and resent each other, um, and that's the thing we need to start to undo now. Um, and it won't be easy. And uh, everybody's got cotton in their ear. And I haven't, you know, I stopped talking to uh, you know friends that I used to think were you know republic that I thought were friends who were republic. I've stopped talking to all of us have. And I just don't think we can keep doing that. It's just and by the way, there's no way Joe Biden can do it or anybody who's trying to run the government because you're going to have a Senate that's Republican and a House that's Democratic. And the only way anything's going to happen is and Joe Biden's the perfect person to do it is 
to reach out and pull over some Republican votes uh, and, yeah, compromise with them to get some things done. Otherwise, it'll be executive orders again. And like, I don't think I mean, Trump was never capable of being someone who could do that. I think Joe Biden can. Um, and uh, I think we all need to give him the room to do that uh, or to have a chance to do it. And then if they slap his hand back and say no, uh, then I think, you know, it, uh, it, it, you know, then it's time to put. Yeah, I mean, we can't wait around to 2000 to 2022. Uh, things have got to get start getting done now. Uh, Biden had a really good relationship with a lot of these Republican senators. He was the guy Obama sent in to get the votes when they needed it on something important. Now he's president of the United States. He has that experience. He has those contacts uh, and those connections. And um, and I think he may be exactly the right president at the right time um, to try to pull the country together, but also to try to to get some compromise uh, things through that actually make a difference in people's lives. And the thing I'm saying is that if we constantly, if Democrats now do our way or the highway and Republicans do that in the Senate, our way or the highway, and you don't try to somehow start having a conversation about how we can take steps forward together, Biden's the guy who can do that. And we all need to start doing it ourselves. Right. So, Joe, let me ask you this. You don't sound that excited about that, Alex. It's like, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 There's a whole bunch of, no one else wants to hear it either. So, uh, but it, somebody needs to start saying it. Joe, you had a tweet and you took some flack from progressives for it on Twitter for basically suggesting that Democrats need to shocker, reach out to more Republicans. Uh, they're arguing that people like the Lincoln Project got a ton of money, but a higher percentage of Republicans voted more for Trump than they did in 2016. So how do you bring that together? Bill Kristol said something I think is is uh, pretty true that, you know, it's it's very possible that I still believe this, that Joe Biden is the only Democrat who could have beaten Trump. We've won the popular vote seven of the last eight times by millions, uh, but we're not dominating the government at all. Uh, and there's a reason for that. The founders created a Lee Electoral College. Uh, specifically, I mean, again, we can get into the, the, all the reasons of protecting uh, slave states, et cetera. Uh, but essentially, uh, it, it, it put a lot of power in rural uh, states, smaller states, uh, to make sure they couldn't be overrun by, by big states. Um, so you have that and you have the, the Senate is composed the same way. Idaho, get, Idaho gets two and, and California gets two. Um, and so, uh, look, the, the reality is, I, you know, everybody says, oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. We've got to change that. That's just we got to get rid of the Electoral College. We have to get we have to reconstitute the Senate. Well, OK, folks, you know, you, you got to win first. You can't you're not going to change any of that by, um, you, you know, by uh, uh, basically my way or the highway. And damn it, you know, if you don't want to elect us, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's just kind of a, a really not realistic view. So you have to win in places like Georgia and North Carolina and at, yes, in Alabama uh, and Montana. 
Um, and we've got to build a Senate majority that does that. And those those are not going to be um, people that agree with every progressive idea that Bernie Sanders or someone else has. I'm not, it's just not logical to believe that. I go through my career, um, you know, you're talking to somebody who, look, I organized students um, to, to uh, for, for Cesar Chavez in the great boycotts in California. Um, I, I did, um, I, I literally took on banks um, for their investments in apartheid South Africa as a kid. Okay. I'm as, a, I led Howard Dean's campaign for president. I'm as progressive, you know, maybe I'm not as progressive as you want me to be. So what? I know who I am. The pro, the point is that, that I don't go into these things thinking, oh, hey, I want to elect Joe Trippi's philosophy for the people of Alabama. No, I'm not like putting, I'm going to do whatever I can to help Doug Jones represent Alabama. That's who, he's not there to represent me. He's there to represent the state of Alabama. And, um, and you know, damn, he did a damn good job. All they could see was red and blue. So here's the thing, you know, Van Jones said something I think was like one of the best things I've heard about this in the aftermath of the election. He said, Biden is now going to be named a pilot of a plane that can't fly. Republican Senate, a Democratic House. Uh, You've got the wings of the Democratic Party now that are going to fight over why this didn't work. He, he, you know, you weren't, he wasn't progressive enough. He didn't energize enough people, despite the fact that it's the highest turnout in history. And he won more votes than anybody uh, in history. And that I think now, despite the fact that Donald Trump had won the second most votes of anybody in history, that nothing Joe Biden could have done about that or any of us could have. So he's now in a situation where progressives are going to want uh, uh, more uh, with little ability to get that without or, or whatever we get is through his ability to co- find compromise with a Republican Senate or executive orders. You know, so I think Van Jones is right. And, and what I'm saying is that in that atmosphere, we can keep, look, you know, we can all be, they're racist, we're socialists, fine. Um, let's go, you know, let's go fight it out. That's not going to work. It's not going to get anybody anything. And first of all, they're not all racist. And we're not all socialists. It's labels that are like, um, that, that, that Trump is able and will still be out there trying to pound away on uh, stoking the fear. We've got to, I just think it's, you know, Trump, uh, Biden, is going to lower the temperature. And as he lowers the temperature and Trump doesn't have this as big a megaphone to stoke the fear, that's our opportunity to start talking to some of these voters that we haven't talked to. I'm not, I'm not talking more about friends now. I mean, us to be part of that conversation and yeah, get an earful of how Biden is going to destroy the world and all the other stuff. But over time, they're going to learn he isn't destroying the world, that, that we have somebody solid who's taking on COVID, that the economy can be rebuilt, 
and that we're all working on this and we're not going to leave rural voters uh, uh, behind, nor are we going to leave anybody in the the urban centers of our country behind. They actually have a lot more in common in terms of lacking education, health care, the resources. Uh, That's what we all have to work together on. And I I still have enough faith, maybe it's naive, that we can do that. And if we can't, and if Joe Biden can't, then we're in much deeper trouble because this is just going to continue. This divided country is not sustainable this way. The democracy won't hold unless we find a way to find some common purpose, some common ground, and learn that we have more in common than all the name calling that's going on out there, uh, even in the wake of this victory uh, that's happening. Uh, and it, it probably should. It's some you know emotions after the election. But uh, I think uh, I really do believe that we have a, an opportunity here as the temperature drops. That's what's been three and a half years of bam, 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 bam. Just stop it. Stop it. The, that temperature increasing. Hopefully, Joe Biden's win and who he is will turn will lower the temperature. And if we don't we don't succeed if we are the ones that keep the you know keep attacking back. I think I understand that urge, but I think it's better for us to recognize that it's time to try one more time to bring some of these folks over or at least start talking. So. Joe, what would you say to the progressives who were saying we really didn't win that many Republicans and are blaming people like the Lincoln Project and Republican voters against Trump? I mean, that's what I'm, kind of my point. Uh, there were Republicans who who raised money uh, and went to war with Trump, uh, and we're even we're even blaming them <laughs> for what we won. <laughs> You know, where did where did it go? They, they, they didn't we didn't win any of the Senate seats, but that's not their fault. Politics is addition, not subtraction. So, OK, they had added they tr- did what they could. Um, but no, let, let's subtract them. Let's like diss them, too. It's, that's like just this is the whole problem. That's the country is that polarized, that divided. Uh, and when it is. Uh, and we saw this. We knew this in Alabama. We knew we've we've known for three and a half years. Doug Jones knew it. That if people went to their corners in Alabama, um, and it, you know it, you can't win. And uh, and we really thought we could turn out our vote, and with it we could reach out to enough in a lower turnout uh, of Republicans than 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 we increase. Uh, we would be in it. And no, the flood of what Trump was able to produce uh, himself. Now, that's the, the problem the Republican Party is going to have now. Trump won't be on the ballot in 2022. And he's not, he won't be, he may be in 2024, but he won't be in, in 2022. We saw what happened when he wasn't on the ballot in 2018. Uh, and he's still going to be out there endorsing people in primaries and doing rallies, but which will make, Uh, a lot of Republicans not be able to move to the middle uh, and have to, you know, kowtow to him. So I I think there's a lot of things that moving parts now that are moving in our direction. I, yeah, like a lot of people uh, devastated by uh, Doug Jones and, and us not uh, being able to get uh, not devastated about McConnell, not, 
was disappointed about him and some of the other seats, but but the Jones defeat is pretty devastating. But still, I've had a lot in my life <laughs> over the 40 years. This was not the worst election night ever. No way. In fact, it was a pretty good one, except for, for Doug. And 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 I, I wish we would have picked up a few more Senate seats. The other elephant in the room as we're starting to really look at what happened with this race was polling. Washington Post had Wisconsin for Biden in their last poll by like 17 points. I'm not sure he won by 17,000 votes. It was pretty close to that. Sarah Gideon hadn't trailed for months, and she kind of got crushed. Uh, Biden was ahead by 10 in national polls. Frank Luntz, in his response, was basically saying that polling as an institution is done. So what the hell happened? Well, it's broken. I mean, there's it, there's no way if, ands, or buts about it. Um, uh, I don't think, by the way, that it's uh, people lying or that the you know shy uh, uh, Trump voters were saying they were undecided or playing games. No, I I think um, that um, the institution of polling uh, was also destroyed by Trump. I mean, in other words, don't believe the polls. The poll, you know, don't talk to the polls. I think there's a whole group of Americans now who, as just a matter of, it's like mask wearing. You just don't answer. You just don't. The phone rings and it's a pollster. You hang up. Um, and so there's no way to to measure them. I also think that there's probably branding going on. Right? If you if you keep seeing on Fox all the time that Rasmussen's a great pollster, then maybe when he calls, you answer him. And so I think it's just the phone rings and uh, there's a whole bunch of people who no longer uh, are going to give any information. It's not about like I'm shy or I'm it's no, I don't talk to pollsters. They don't say that. It's not like, oh, he, you know, they yell at you before they hang up the phone. I just think as soon as they hey, hear, hey, this is, you know, trippy research and we'd like to do a survey, they go, no, thanks, click. And so you can't measure those people. Uh, and I think that's we missed that. I mean, what I'm trying to say is we totally missed a ton of Trump voters. All the pollsters did. Uh, and uh, I don't think that they're going to start answering polling questions anytime soon, if ever. And I also think, obviously, with uh, the changing technology, digital, fragmented, people who don't have fun, answer their phones anymore, it's just getting the number of people you have to call to even get a respondent on the line. It's not just the Trump voters that don't answer surveys. Um, so there's no real way. Um, and, and I guess that's what I'm saying. If Look, for me, you become a blind man. I grew up like the three people I learned the most from in politics, Mike Ford, Paul Tully, uh, Carl Wagner, uh, taught me how to read polls. Uh, and for 40 years of my life, I read them. I knew what I was seeing. Uh, Seth Moulton in, in, in Massachusetts, uh, you could see what the path was uh, because you could rely on what people were telling you, what the feedback was. Uh, in 2017, that was still very clear in the, in the Jones race in Alabama um, that you could, you, so now you're in 2020, uh, the same uh, tracking polls that you, 
that worked for you in 2017 that you know showed you the path of what people were concerned about and and what they what what the senator had done uh, in terms of getting things done that they thought was really important and, and uh, were supportive of. Uh, and you see you do that same track and it's got you one point up on Thursday night and you wake up and you're 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 getting clobbered. Clearly, um, I'm now that's what I'm saying. Uh, you're you're now the, a blind man. Now, this is the interesting thing about this, because if you'd ever asked me what was the one thing I would ban in politics, it was not the money uh, or that stuff. The one thing I, could, I I would ban if it was legally bannable is polling. Um, and the reason I think is because it's really simple. I think we were a lot better off as a country when we had people out there who were saying what they thought or talking to voters themselves, not poll, not listening to not a thousand people in an interview, but talking to voters themselves and then saying what they thought. Um, instead, you got to now where you can take a poll, uh, you know, 80 percent of the people are for the war in Iraq. The American people are for the war in Iraq. Only 20 percent opposed it um, as we entered 2003, 2004. Um, Howard Dean was one of the few politicians I'd ever met who would take the 20 side of an 80-20 split of the American people. That's why you had uh, a whole bunch, almost the entire Democratic Party um, supported it. Uh, You know, God help us. Imagine if Abraham Lincoln had had polling. Um, (laughs) You know, where I don't know. I don't know where we'd be. But anyway, so maybe we're going back there. That would just be, you know, uh, that'd be great. And by the way, isn't that really who Trump is? Right. I mean, I don't think have we ever seen Trump give a damn about uh, if I said this, it's going to be the opposite of what a poll said. No, he went out every day, said whatever the hell he wanted. People, his people loved it uh, and ate it up even while we were appalled. Um, and I'm sure if you looked, asked anybody in a poll whether they hated what the president had just said, a vast majority, and we generally did in polls, would say, no, it's that's horrible. But guess what? Uh, he, I think it was a lot of his appeal to his people is that he doesn't give a damn what he says. He's going to say it. Um, and polling, I think, smoothed out everything where um, it's easy. Go check what the poll says. And then, you know, I, I once had a candidate ask me on a very important question. I mean, uh, it, one that you and I, all of us, I'm not going to divulge it, but uh, would think is, you know, like is night and day. I mean, you can't be, you, you know, you're either one or the other. And he asked the pollster to test both of them out before he made his decision. I mean, that's where we're getting to. Um, and I think, you know. Well, I know who that wasn't. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. Yeah. Not Doug Jones. Doug Jones, the opposite. Uh, uh, you know, didn't matter what we told him. The poll said he was still going to do what he what he wanted to do. But that's what I mean. We lose. But that's the point. You know, we 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 we've lost that. And here we lost one Doug Jones who who didn't follow the polls, did what he thought was right for the the state, no matter what uh, uh, the polls you, you know said where people were. Uh, you know, Kavanaugh being a good example of it. Uh, he knew when he cast that vote, what it probably meant, but he cast it. 
Joe, and, and we'll put this article in the show notes, but uh, Business Insider had a really good uh, interview with Arnon Mishkin, who runs Fox News' decision desk. Obviously, they've been in the spotlight this week because they called Arizona way ahead of everybody else. And obviously, the president's pretty pissed at him for it. But it, it's likely now that actually Fox might be the one who calls this election for Biden. So wanted wanted your take on, on how Fox does things. Well, like I've said this before, Arnon Michigan is going to call it straight and he's going to, when he calls something, when that decision desk calls something, it's very serious. They do not mess around. They don't, it's not partisan. It's nothing. It's the data. It's the facts. And so uh, when I saw them call Arizona, as far as I'm concerned, Biden can bank Arizona, no matter how much uh, uh, Trump closes on him. And he may well close. He's going to. But uh, uh, I trust Arnon Arnon Michigan and that decision desk. And if they called and they called Arizona, it's going to hold. And I do agree with you uh, that when they call it for Biden, that'll be a very significant moment. But he ain't going to call it for Biden unless Biden, I mean, we, we, the votes got to come in in Pennsylvania. Enough more have to come in. I don't think he's going to need many more in, in uh, Nevada. If Fox calls it for Biden or Trump, I, I'd bet that you'll see other networks will start agreeing with that. It, some may get there first. Some may not. That's not what we're, he's not a get there first guy. He's get it right guys. So when he's the first on Arizona, let me tell you what that's going to mean. Um, it, I think eventually all the networks will be calling Arizona for Biden and we'll see what happens in the other states. Thanks for listening to that trippy show. Reminder, if you have a questions, please submit it on iTunes in the reviews and help us game the system by rating us. Also, you can ask uh, questions at Joe Trippy on Twitter and in our email at that trippy show at gmail.com uh hey i'm uh i'm beat i know alex is uh i know a lot of you are probably have insomnia too as you keep uh, the tv on uh waiting for these returns to come in um thanks everybody for listening and for doing all that you did uh to make uh, what the good part of election night uh happen for all of us You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.